Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Let me make something incredibly clear. All right, like I know I'm a pariah in college basketball because I did everything right. All right, and I'm not going to document. In fact, I just documented it last night for the head of the NCAA and the head of Westwood Run Radio. Uh, but I'm not going to document it. So my perspective is a little bit different. I'm not trying to appease a coach. I'm not trying to keep a TV job. I'm not a guy that got fired, is in broadcasting and trying to get back into coaching. I was raised by two parents, both of whom were school teachers, one of whom is still alive, my mother, to tell you the truth. I'm not perfect. I've done some crazy things in my life, and I'm not going to apologize for any of them. But I got to tell you this. I was raised to tell you the truth. I was raised to do things right. I was raised with Catholic guilt. Today's Friday. There'll be no meat I'll be at St. Simon's Fish Fry because, well, that's what you do as a Catholic. People ask me, what'd you give up for Lent? I said, I'm doing 10 good deeds a day. That's what I'm not giving up. I'm doing, that's how I was raised. Now, I get crazy with you. I'll drink with you until three in the morning. I'll act stupid when we do. I mean, whatever you want to do, I'm in. Except I don't do drugs. So I got to tell you this, my life being raised that way, Bob Knight was perfect for me to go play basketball. And I learned not necessarily what to do or what not to do. I just learned that, you know what, you do things honestly, whether it gets you in trouble or not. So I'm going to tell you right now, right now, I'm firing Nate Oates as soon as I read the, not his comments, as soon as I read that I had three players involved in a capital murder, and I got to ask you a question. Why is this so difficult? Like, I get the Alabama idiots, and Clay said it best, who is coming at us on Twitter from Alabama, whether it's me or Chad or Clay or Jonathan or whomever, they're guys that couldn't get into Alabama. Let, let's make no bones about it. They couldn't get into Alabama, these idiots. They're defending. They're calling us names for saying, wait a second. This man, this coach, is such a bad judge of character that he brought not one, not two, but three players on his basketball team that one way or the other, one pulled the trigger, one brought the gun, and one was there with the guy that pulled the trigger. Three basketball players were involved in a capital murder. Now I want you to think about that just for a second. Guys have been fired for way less. I mean, everybody got mad at Bob Knight for saying uh, to a kid, address me as Mr. or Coach. It's amazing. You know, we saw what's uh, Bruce Pearl get fired at Tennessee for having a picnic at his house and then not being forthcoming. This is having three players involved in capital murder. Boom, boom, boom. And here's what even makes it worse. So these three cowards, one brought a gun, one was there, and one did the shooting allegedly. All alleged. Let's allege everything, okay? I Look, I've been sued. It's kind of fun. Anyway, these three guys, big, strong athletes, 
could not take care of their own business with fists or verbally. They had to get a gun against a woman and her boyfriend. Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Some idiot, at least according to the police report, starts dancing in front of a car. Dude says, hey, eh, maybe shots ring out. They couldn't handle it. Fighting? Now, I get it. The police report may or may not say who shot first and who shot first apparently is the guy in the other car. I don't know if that's true or not. But I know this. That man right there brought three players on scholarship that are involved in a capital murder. That tells me he's a god-awful judge of character. Good basketball coach. Yay, Rod, go fight, win, Nate. Yay. You can teach big guys to put a ball through a hoop. But in terms of his, his ability to evaluate character, it's horrible. Now, some of you are going to tell me, well, you know, he can't control what they do off campus. You're exactly right. But you know what he can't control? Who he brings on campus. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I can give you all the names. I never worried about this, this, what they did off campus. Never worried. Yeah, they might go downtown and have too much to drink. Somebody may say, hey, man, I saw one of your players drinking. So what? They're college kids. College kids don't commit capital murder. So all these guys that are, well, you know, uh, you're going to get sued. Beautiful. One of the most fun times, some big shot at Indiana was suing me. And uh, me and my lawyer at Emma sat there. We were drinking, uh, what were we drinking? We were drinking Woodford on a Friday as this guy was on speaker. And it was the funniest stuff ever. So look, all I got to tell you, all I'm going to tell you is simply this. Uh, I'm firing him today. I'm firing him yesterday. I, I got to get this court. I am firing him so fast, and he'll get another job. Go get another job. It'd be great. Good for you. That'd be awesome. Go get another job. But he ain't working for me. And there's enough, uh, Greg Byrne and all these, there's enough dirtbag administrators that you'll find a guy. I mean, look at Greg Christopher, the dirtbag administrator at Xavier who hired Sean Miller. It doesn't matter. You know, we know you just got to win. But I'm telling you what I would do. And I also understand that I, I would be fired immediately for doing that. I understand that. You know, I've left 3.5 million and told the president of West Virginia to kiss my backside after he threatened me. Stupid move financially to go back to the Mac. You know what? I've never looked myself in the mirror and felt anything but pride for doing that. Stood up to the drug culture at Indiana. Never felt anything but pride for doing that. Ripped a small town named Scottsburg, Indiana. Never felt anything but pride for defending a young coach who got fired during a pandemic. Didn't go in a pool with some woman that isn't my wife when she said, yeah, I'll be happy to go at it with you in the pool. I don't care the context. I don't embarrass my wife. You do. Maybe you do. That's great. I do not. So you know what? I look in, my, I look in the mirror. Sure, I've done some things wrong, but the one thing that I haven't done is bring three guys to a campus and watch them all be involved in murder. Greg Byrne or whatever the hell your name is, you're just another chicken blank administrator with no guts, no sack, not a damn thing. Because not only did you let Nate Oates 
say stupid stuff, but you let him continue on. You let him continue as coach. Brandon Miller, you guys want to play him? God bless you. But it will never change the fact that if this guy doesn't show up at this with a gun to give to a guy that committed murder, whether he gave it to him or the guy walked in, boom, this doesn't happen. If you want to read an article, there's a hell of an article on this. There is. There's a hell of an article on this. Um, In the Atlanta, go to AL.com, the family of the murdered mother speaks out of their contempt for Nate Oates. See, it's lost right now that, oh, by the way, a young mother lost her life. That's lost. Somehow, some way, Alabama idiots are worried about whether or not, you know, Brandon Miller should play because, well, you know, he didn't really know he was taking the gun. He didn't really know. He may not have read a text. I don't give a damn. He brought a gun to a murder. A lot of guys in jail for a lot less than that. I will guarantee you. Period. So come at me. Do whatever you'd like. I honestly, I kind of care because it's kind of fun to rip you idiots and to see what kind of dregs of society Alabama fans, not Alabama students. I know an Alabama student. Her name is Montana Fouts. She's an All-American pitcher. She's one of the most wonderful student athletes in the country. She's been to our house with my stepdaughter. Wonderful girl. Pat Murphy, wonderful guy. Nick Saban, complete fraud for letting that guy, Jameson, whatever the hell his name is, uh, play football after, or Jermaine, uh, whatever his name is, for smacking the girl. Alabama's full of crap. Uh, let's see here. So I said yesterday, I put this out on video. So right now, 138,000 uh, people have watched this video that I put out. And Parker Branton says, everyone stop engaging with their posts at this point. They'll say anything for clicks, really? So somebody asked him, what did he say that was incorrect? Uh, LeBron, realistic medium, says, well, you know, Dockett should be fired for misinformation. Sure I should be. Baldy wants Oates' job and a full hair ahead so bad. This is the best idiot. So you fire a coach who cut two players from the team as soon as they were arrested, but for retaining another who committed no crimes and the police have said is not a suspect. Yes. Yes, I would fire him. I would fire him immediately because he brought three guys to campus that participated one way or another in a capital murder. All right, a couple of things. Eric Bieniemy spoke yesterday, and I'm looking forward to talking to Darren Hayes. Eric Eric Bieniemy handled himself great. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Let's let's hear from frickin' uh, Shady McCoy. And let's hear McCoy first. It's always the same people. Like every time you open up a paper, Shady McCoy's saying something or doing something stupid. I don't know if this is stupid. Let's hear from Deshaun McCoy about Eric Bieniemy. With the commanders. I hope he doesn't, but I think he will. What's his value? What makes him a good officer coordinator? See, the problem is a lot of these people that go on social media, oh, he should be the guy for the job. They haven't played there. They're not in the locker room. I've been in the rooms where he's coaching. And he has nothing to do with the pass game at all, right? When the plays are, are designed, that's Andy Reid. When you talk about officer coordinators, I can tell you what makes Brian Dayball with the Giants a very, very good coordinator. I can tell you with Andy Reid or Doug Peterson. But when I ask about um, Eric Bieniemy, what makes him good? When we watch the film or practices and we correct the, the, the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the quarterbacks, 
He doesn't talk in there. Andy Reid talks in there. He may say things to the running back because he's an ex-running back coach. I get that. But he has no real responsibility. Now you go from the Chiefs, where you can hide behind Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Then you, then you go to the, the Washington, where you got to call plays. You got to run the meetings. You got to run the installs. The last issue I have with him is, what makes Andy Reid so great, not the, call, the, the play calls, which we see that, which, I mean, that's one of it. But the other thing is, like, adapting to the players. Well, the enemy, he's my first practice. I couldn't believe it. He's dog coaching. He's dog cussing the players. I'm like, and not just the regular players, Kelsey, you know, you know, other players. So it's like, it's hard for me. I'm rooting for him because he's a black coach, and I love to see black coaches win. Also, he's a running back coach. Running back coaches don't never get a chance to be True. office coordinators. The yep. last one was, like, Anthony Lynn. So I want that to, 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 to do well for him. But if I got to do my job, I'll be honest, my thing is just where is the true value at? Is it then, is it have anything to do with him being black in your opinion? Obviously, uh, you ain't Roger Goodell. You don't know. You know what? Absolutely not. But people want to win. The color thing, I, I get it. It, we, it should be more black coaches. I definitely believe that. But if you come up for the, the Chiefs, they want to win. It has nothing to do with the, with the color barrier at all. This was Biennemi's response, and I think this was a great response. Let's hear from Eric Biennemi. LaShawn McCoy is a future Hall of Fame runner, okay? Everybody's entitled to their own position, to their own uh, comments and how they feel. When it's all said and done with, I think that's all I have to say because he's entitled to his own opinion. That's life, okay? You got good and you have bad, you know? It does not impact me in any way. Because one thing that you learn when you're in this position, you have to learn to eliminate distractions, all right? My job is to focus on the now. Everything outside these walls has no impact on Eric Bieniemy moving forward. Appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. Ah, uh, two things. One, I love the third person, and two, I don't know about Eric Bieniemy. I don't. I don't know. Look, Sean McCoy was good TV, and I like the fact that Sean McCoy, because there are some guys on television that are always going to bring up the black thing, and that Ochoa guy, whatever his name is, he's the guy. Everything is about that because that's how he gets attention. But I love the fact that Sean McCoy, LaShawn McCoy, gave his opinion. I do. I mean, I've always said this. I don't care, really, what people say. It's the people in the locker room that matter 1,000%. It is. It's the people in the locker room. It's the people in the locker room. No, but I love what Eric Bieniemy, how Eric Bieniemy addressed that. You know, he took the high road, which is hard because nobody wants anybody criticizing them. Nobody wants a Hall of Fame player, as Bieniemy said, that LaShawn McCoy was criticizing him. But you got to give Eric Bieniemy credit. I mean, hey, uh, can't be the easiest thing in the world for Eric Bieniemy to go from Kansas City to Washington to not get a head coaching job. Can't be the easiest thing for Eric Bieniemy with all of his success with Andy Reid to listen to the LaShawn McCoy say those things. But I got to tell you, he handled it a lot better than I would. He handled it a lot better than I have. He's handled it a lot better than 99.9% of the people and good for Eric Bieniemy. So now I'm an Eric Bieniemy fan because look, McCoy did what he's supposed to do. He was great on TV. He was great. I mean, let's be honest. That's what McCoy's brought there to do. You bring, you bring Shady McCoy on because you know he's going to say something that's going to be, I don't know if you call it interesting or ridiculous, whatever you want to call it, 
good for Bienemy. Darren Hayes is a sports director and anchor at WUSA9. I remember Darren when he was hosting Sports Center at Darren M. Haynes, H A Y N E S, joins us now. I, look, I don't know what the reaction to people is in D.C., but we just showed Bienemy responding to Shady McCoy. And I got to tell you, I'm a big fan of Bienemy. He's an adult. Yeah, I, I was there when he was when he was responding to those comments, and uh, I mean he he handled it with with, with class, the, the perfect response to to what Shady had to say. Um, and I and most of the responses that I'm seeing around is just like, man, he he handled that really well, and it looks like Shady's kind of getting more of the uh, uh, the flack than than Eb is. Um, but man, he was he was impressive yesterday. You know, you bring McCoy on. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you you hosted guys. You know the deal. You bring guys on. You last thing you want on TV is somebody boring, right? You don't want somebody that right. sits there like. Remember when Kyler Murray was on Dan Patrick? He gave like one. So you bring McCoy on, and you know he's going to say something. I don't know if he's right or wrong. The proof will be in the pudding, I suppose. Um, but what was, let's take the enemy's response out. What was the reaction to just what McCoy had to say in DC? Well, a lot of the reaction was like, why do you need to hate on somebody for, for no reason? Like, you know, if you don't have anything good to say, why are you saying it? You know, one of those things we learn as a kid. And, you know, one of the things that I've been talking about for a long time is everybody has their own personal experience. And, and I kind of make up this example of like, my college head coach, like a lot of people didn't like my college head coach, but I love my college head coach because he, he was my, made me start every game at running back. So, you know, people have different experiences. And you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think you, you sometimes have one person that just has a different experience and they're going to run with it and it happens to be, you know, LaShawn McCoy and he went on TV with it. But you look at the reaction from some of the other Kansas City Chiefs players, you look at other people in the league who have been around him, and it's, it's the total opposite. So you can't let one individual determine on, on, on Eric Bieniemy on who he really, who he truly is. I think the same thing goes for when they mention Eric Bieniemy being a, a person who doesn't interview very well. Well, he blew the Washington Commanders out of the water in regards to his interview. When he did all the interviews with us yesterday, he was outstanding, even the one-on-one interviews. So maybe that was just one individual who had a bad experience and then tried to make that the perception of Eric Bieniemy. What's going on? Um, what What's going on with the commanders? You know, I'm here in Indy. We had Carson Wentz. You guys take Carson Wentz. All right, Heineke's the guy. But now it's Sam Howell. What, what, what do you see? You played. You know. What did you see in Sam Howell that either excites you or says, what are you doing, commanders? Well, let's put it like this. Sam Howell should have been a quarterback that, that should have gone higher in the draft but dropped – down low now i will say this when we go to the commander's practice we can only see like when they stretch and when they do individual drills we saw sam howell in the preseason game he played well during the preseason then we saw him in the the season finale he definitely played well there the one thing that i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of lean lean on taylor heineke obviously you guys know who he is you mentioned him before he told me after their season finale he was like man This guy, Sam Howell, has the goods to lead this franchise. He was like, put me at backup, have Sam Howell be that guy. As soon as he came in from OTAs, he was like, this guy is different. And this is stuff that we don't normally see. Then I started wondering, I'm like, well, why didn't they play Sam Howell earlier in the season? But I get it, the situation and 
and and, and Heineke was hot during, when they had their winning streak, and then Carson Wentz came back from the injury, so you went back to the guy you're paying millions of dollars to. Um, but everything that I keep hearing that's inside that locker room from, from some of the players that I talk to is Sam Howell has the goods, and that's why when I'm talking to different agents who are trying to get the offensive coordinator position, um, and even still to this day when I talked to Ron Rivera yesterday, like Sam Howell has the goods to be a starting quarterback. We just really haven't seen it on a consistent basis, but they have every single practice. Hey, Darren, what, 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 where's Carson Wentz in this whole deal? He's not in Washington, I'll tell you that. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, the way his deal is, the, the way the deal is kind of put together, where it's almost like it, it's like a, it was like a one-year deal. Like, you can, you can move on without paying him any extra money. You can just part ways. And I think that the way this particular season went along, um, I think everybody knows when that time comes, uh, they won't pick up that 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 second year for with Carson Wentz. Um, I think it's pretty clear by the way Ron Rivera has mentioned that Sam Howell will be that starting quarterback. And when and when he was talking to Eric Bieniemy during uh, the interview, that was part of the discussion. Like, what do you think of Sam Howell? Would you be comfortable with uh, with Sam Howell? And then during the press conference yesterday with Eric Bieniemy, uh, Brian Robinson, the running back, was there. Sam Howell, the quarterback, was there. Terry McLaurin was there. Bunch of offensive guys were there. There was no Carson Wentz. And you would think if Carson Wentz was going to be that guy moving forward and that's your offensive coordinator, your number one QB would have been in the room. We saw Carson Wentz. I mean, number-wise, he was 27-7 to here. Obviously, the commanders believed in him. All right, he gets injured. Was injury the reason, or what did you see out of him on the field? It's- it was well. I don't think it was more the injury. I think it was just the way he he gelled with the team, the way his uh, his passing was. He he had a lot of overthrows. There were a lot of inconsistencies with his passing. Uh, also, the ability to, to get away from the pressure. That was one thing that helped out Taylor Heineke when he came in after Carson Wentz hurt his uh, hurt his finger. Was that he was able to escape the pressure with his legs. Carson Wentz just doesn't have that. That he's not as mo- mobile as he used to be, and that was a huge chink in his armor um now like a guy like sam howell he has the legs he can run um yeah it's it was sad to see because because carson wentz has a cannon of an arm um but but the offense that the commanders want and the weapons they have that speed and being able to move you need a more mobile quarterback and carson wentz just wasn't that guy you believe and, and D.C. believes that Sam Howell is going to be, barring an injury, I take injury out of it, yeah, that yeah, Sam Howell is going not, to be the starting quarter. Don't, don't jinx us right. again, man. We've, we've had plenty of bad <laughs> luck around here. But you believe he is the starting quarterback. They're draft, free agent, he is the guy opening day. I'm going to say yes. I know, I know the commanders are always going to look at different options. So, for an example, what if Lamar Jackson knocks on the door and says, hey, I want to come to Washington? You dang all right they're going to take advantage of that. But as right. of right now, who they, who they have, Sam Howell is going to be that starting quarterback going into the season, unless he just, like you said, an injury or he just absolutely stinks it up during the preseason. I'm old enough to remember when the, the entire football world partially, you know, Dallas Cowboys, Washington Redskins, George Allen, 
I mean, I'm old enough to remember when the Redskins were great and the fans were insane. I mean, what a great football town. So let me ask you, um, do you feel with Biennemi and Howell and Rivera, it's on an uptick? Is it plateaued? Is it down? Where, where is the momentum, I guess, of the Redskins? Put it like this. A lot of people are talking about this is one of the greatest things to happen or motivators or excitement uh, since a guy like RG3 came to town. Um, like this is a obviously a, a, a high profile coach nationally known for the wrong reasons and the good reasons. Um, so the excitement is, is, is truly high. When you look on social media in response to some of the tweets that I was putting out when I was breaking some of the stories last week in regards to Eric Bieniemy, um, everybody was like, let's go. Like this, this is what we truly needed. Um, because the offense struggled, you know, um, the, the way we can look at it, it's almost like a three-headed monster. You have Jack Del Rio, who struggled at first in, the, in his defense last year, but then they really started to play really well. He's a former head coach. You have Ron Rivera, who you're showing right now. He is a head coach. And now you have Eric Bieniemy, who should be a head coach. You have a three-headed monster that can, that can really bring this team to the next level. And there is nothing but excitement for Eric Bieniemy coming in here because they know Washington has weapons. We've got to work on the offensive line, but they have the weapons. So... So having EB here, man, um, yeah, it's 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 like we're getting a getting a superstar. I'm I look, I'm a I'm a simple person. It wouldn't okay. hurt to have Chase Young healthy. True, uh, I mean it was good to see him come back towards the end of the season. Um, I know Chase Young personally. I know he's going to work his butt off to come back the way he he should come back. I think there are questions in regards to are they going to pick up his his option? Like, is he going to be here for the long term? Um, that's that's not a loyalty thing because I know they're loyal to 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 Chase Young. They love Chase Young. They know what he brings to the uh, to the table, and he's from the Washington D.C. community. But on a business standpoint, that's a tough decision to make on what to do with him. But if he comes back to training camp, or should I say, just even just OTAs, and he's looking like the, the Chase Young that 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 we drafted, um, things can get pretty uh, dangerous uh, with Montez Sweat and Chase Young on, on the on the end there. It's yeah, it's it, it, when those two guys are healthy, it gets pretty ugly for an offense. Well, I know, and and it's the most important position there is uh, defensively. You got to rush the pass. I want to go back to Wentz just for a second because I got a lot of people in Indy. Uh, that watched this and really liked the guy. He was involved in the community. He, he's still, yeah. he's got these food trucks that give to the home. I mean, he's, he, what, what do you see is, is next? Is he, is he done? I mean, you, you know, was he got a hundred lives? I mean, where, where, what's next? No, I, I, I think in your opinion, no, I think Carson Wentz still because he is a quarterback that, that still has a cannon of an arm. I don't see anybody unless they're desperate bringing him in as a starting quarterback, but I can see him as a, as a really good backup quarterback for another NFL team. His, his career is not over. It's definitely not over. It, 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 there's too much talent there. Um, it just didn't work out here, and unfortunately didn't work out in Indy, and it didn't work out in Philly. Um, but he still has an arm. So, yeah, I, I mean, he still has talent, though. He, he has a lot much – he has better talent than some backups in the NFL, and, and I can't see him being out of the league. Speaking of backups, your guy Heineke had a great line. It's the best job in the world. 
I mean, think, but think about where Heineke was at. So, like, Heineke was a guy who was literally sleeping on his sister's couch in Georgia taking <laughs> grad school classes at Old Dominion. And then he gets brought in kind of as, like, the COVID quarterback. And next thing you know, he's a starting quarterback against the Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs. Like, and then he, he rose to fame because of that, that type of play. It literally resurrected his career. He could be, I don't even remember what he was, what he was studying in. But all I know is I think both of us, if we were good at NFL, if we were good football players, wouldn't we want to play in the NFL rather than maybe sitting at a desk? Um, so, like, being a backup quarterback and getting paid, that's, that's got to be the best job. I mean, my, my former quarterback, Dan Orlowski, he was a basket backup in the NFL for years. Like, and he got paid for years. Um, so he, he had a good NFL career making good money and just living the life as a backup. Orlowski almost screwed Indy by being good enough to win a couple games and we weren't going to get Andrew Luck. He, he, he almost put the screws to us, Darren. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, man. I, 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 Dan, Dan, man, we, we go, man, we go back high school days, early young days, man. I, I love, I love what, what he did for his his career. I'm glad he's now, you know, a broadcaster, and the way he 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 really elevated his game. But uh, but yeah, he he Appreciate- has his days with you. I'm trying to think. I was going to ask you a trivia question about Wayne All right, State. Let's go. Um, but it's actually Ferris State. A, a guy played on the Bears when I was a kid. And I got to meet him. You know, when you're a kid, I think he was a backup running back. And I was going to say, but I forgot. So this is just bad preparation by the host. But I knew you went to Wayne State. And I'm thinking, I coached at Bowling Green for 10 years. So I know the uh, Detroit, Toledo, all that area. And uh, anyway, I'll let it go. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, my friend. It was great stuff. Man, I can't tell you how many times. I drove from Detroit just to go to Bowling Green to go to that Waffle House out there. It's the closest one to Detroit. I thought, I thought, I thought you were going to say because Bowling Green, like I always said, when I was a basketball coach there, I said, man, I don't know, but people come from far away to party on Bowling Green's campus, man, right downtown. <laughs> That's the first but, time I heard somebody say I came from Detroit for the Waffle House. That dang all right. I, I had enough parties going to the <laughs> University of Michigan. There was enough good stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I, I get, it's a higher end party too. A little smarter yes. clientele than my guys at Bowling Green. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I appreciate you, Darren. Thank you. All right, my man. Appreciate you. That was fun stuff, man. I hey, look. You guys are asking about uh, Carson Wentz and the Commanders. Sam Howell, the quarterback. I think it's interesting times, and I, as I said, when I grew up, man, I loved watching the Washington Redskins. Everybody did. They had the Hail to the Redskins song. They had everything going on. Are you kidding me? All right, let's get into some stuff. Let's get into some headlines. Our guy, Petey Buttigieg, PDB, finally went down. We got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you're not going to believe the slip of the tongue that Buttigieg had in East Palestine. Uh, it would be sad if it weren't funny or whatever, however you say it. We'll be right back. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. both information and misinformation injected into this situation, none of which is to the benefit of the community uh, when it comes to that misinformation. Did Norfolk or So I think, so I lost my train of thought. Um, lost my train of thought in, look, I, I lost my train of thought in <coughs> East Palestine, <laughs> excuse me, in East Palestine, Ohio, where, oh, I don't know, they're there for a train derailment. Look, I'm not going to crush the guy for that. I'll crush him for not showing up until, well, President Trump showed up. Look, but I, I will also, I'm a fair guy. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I've read some things that maybe this isn't so bad. I don't believe those things. I think that everything that comes out is propaganda. But hey, what are you going to do? Uh, I don't know what to tell you. The truth of the matter is, I'm not going to crush him for this. It's just another gaffe <clears throat> by a guy who's unqualified, who doesn't know what the hell he's doing, uh, and, ladies and gentlemen, frankly, shouldn't be in the job. I mean, here's a list of events that, let me just go this way. This is from not underscore the underscore B on Twitter. They released an article. Here are some historical events that took way less time than it took for Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg to visit the worst train disaster in decades. Let's show it. Apollo 11 took 11 days. There you go. Eight days. Excuse me. Apollo 11 took eight days. There you go. What else we got? Oh, wow. Appomattox. That's going deep right there. Look at our guys. Look at our guys going deep. I don't even, I can't remember what that is, but I'll research it later on. What else you got? There you go. The Titanic's maiden voyage. Uh, all right. The Miracle of Dunkirk. I watched that. I watched Dunkirk. Eight days. Took Buddha Judge three weeks to get down to the biggest disaster. These are interesting. You know, look at the historians that are back here at 6th and Peabody right now. How about that? How about the historical, uh, the B and my boys coming up with it? It's pretty good. Look, bottom line is Pete Buttigieg and Biden, they don't care about us. They don't give a rat's about us. Let's be honest. They just say whatever they're going to say. They lie. However they want to lie, they're going to lie, and away we go. I mean, that's just simply it. That's it. Don't, don't at me about anything other than that. Anything other than that, boom. I don't want to hear. Uh, Dan, I think DD should have real intellectual discussion on a show with experts with different opinions than his. Well, I mean, if they're experts, they don't have different opinions than mine. If they're experts, they share my opinion. I mean, if they're smart. Because this opinion is one of common sense. Uh, this is pretty cool. Where Angelo Siginti is a unicorn. He's a lefty pitcher. 
but he has better stuff as a righty. Let's show this Mississippi State phenom. Whap! Right-handed. You're going to see something good coming up here. Oh, boy. Well, maybe not. We're going to show him throwing left-handed? It's a stunt. Oh, boy. This guy can't catch up to it. Number 17's having a bad day. We don't have his stuff left-handed? Well, he throws it both ways. He's a freshman. He pitches it left-handed. There he is. Now it's number 39's chance to screw it up. Number 9 screws it up. This guy just brings it left-handed, right-handed. What does he care? What does he care? That's it. What does he care? He's just going to strike you. Well, lefties up. I want to stay in the game. I'm going to pitch left-handed. Right-hander up. Yeah, I want to stay in the game. I'm going to pitch right-handed. I got to tell you, it is pretty impressive. Now, these guys, I don't know. Have they ever really made it in the major leagues? Have they ever really made it? I don't know. I want to ask you guys a question because I think it's an easy question. I think it's a simple question. Are diversity hires a good thing? Like, is it important? Like, in college basketball, the networks hide all their diversity hires in college basketball. I mean, you got women analyzing games that don't know a damn thing. You've got all kind of people analyzing games that don't know a damn thing. But the truth of the matter is you've got your diversity hires right there. They're right there for you. You're right there. You know, it'd be interesting if we critiqued women analysts and diversity hire analysts like we do other analysts. Like Billis gets killed every single time he does a game. Uh, because he's, he, you know, he does, he, he gives you an opinion. Robbie Hummel is beloved by everybody because he doesn't give you an opinion. Every woman is considered great. You can't criticize a woman. You can't criticize African American broadcaster. What if? It, so is diversity high? Is that good? Is that something that we should have more of? Should we have less of? What should we have? Because I'm telling you, in college basketball, turn on any channel. I mean, that, that nobody in any network understands better. You got so many games. You got so much inventory in ESPN or CBS uh, Network or Fox or Fox. Well, you put all your diversity hires in there. It happened again to a guy named Scott Johnson, uh, ESPN, ACC producer, or excuse me, director, the best director at ESPN. He does the Sunday night showcase game. In football, he does the entire ACC tournament or ACC during the college basketball season. Just sent me a text. He got taken off the ACC tournament. Why do you think that is? There were always rumors back when I and Scott Johnson got taken off the ACC tournament. There were always rumors that the executives, David Seitzer, uh, Michael Schiffman, got bonuses for placing minorities in higher profile positions. And I remember when I asked Schiffman that, he lied right to my face, which is cool. I got no problem. I wouldn't admit it either. But our diversity hire is good. Let's hear from uh, our press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, about diversity in the White House. 
I want to take the opportunity to, to lay out uh, what how diverse the president's cabinet has been, how diverse the president's administration has been. Uh, the cabinet is majority people of color for the first time in history. The cabinet is majority female for the first time in history. A majority of White House senior staff identify as female. Forty percent of White House senior staff identify as part of the racially diverse communities. And a record seven assistants to the presidents are openly LGBTQ+. So again, this is something that the president prides himself on. Uh, that he actually has taken action to show uh, the diversity of this administration. Well, that's great. Yay, Ron, go fight, win. I'm having sex with uh, my same sex. Hire me. Think about that. Here's the deal. I don't care about diversity hire in broadcasting. I don't care about diversity hire uh, in, in, in coaching. I, I really don't care. But when it comes to government, the things that affect us, the spending of our tax money, the building of bridges, the transportation secretary, I don't want diversity hires. I want the best possible people. I don't care if you're black, white, green, purple, orange. It does not matter to me. But I don't want a diversity hire. I don't. I don't want it at all. Um, I got to tell you, I want the most qualified people handling our money. I want the most qualified people making war decisions. I want the most qualified people involved in our transportation, our supply chain. I want the most qualified people involved in our foreign relations. I want the most qualified people dealing with homeland security. I want the most qualified people dealing with our border. I don't want somebody hired because they're currently having sex with a member of their own sex. I don't care about that. It doesn't matter to me one bit, not even a little bit. I don't want somebody hired to uh, affect all of us because they're gay and they married a guy and they're popular and cool with the Hollywood crowd because they married a guy and they took eight months sabbatical or paternity or maternity, whatever the hell leave it is. I don't want that. I want the most qualified person. Now, again, that's sanity. I mean, let's understand that that's sanity. And I've told you before, this isn't left versus right. Uh, this is sane versus insane. Again, hire as many women, gay folks, African-American, white people, Serbians as you want to broadcast. Radio, t- I don't care. That doesn't affect me even a little bit. If I don't like a broadcast, I turn the sound down and I'm reading a James Peterson novel. If I like the broadcast, I'm leaving. I don't care. And I got to tell you, Jimmy Jackson's my favorite. Jimmy and Gus are great. Bonetti and Raftery are fantastic. Raftery and, uh, excuse me, Bonetti and Jimmy were great last night. You know, I don't know what to tell you. But uh, Seth Greenberg, Fran Frischella, fantastic. Gus Johnson, you know I love him. Uh, So I don't care. But what I do care about is when it's in our government. And according to this, that's the only reason they were hired and I wouldn't brag on it. How about bragging on your record? Okay, you hired all these diverse people. Wonderful. Yay, Rod, go fight with. What's your record? Electricity prices up, even though you lie about it. Gas prices uh, are way up from when you took office. Stock market, down. I mean, what do you want me to do? Border crisis is in peril. Deaths, rapes, robbery, and you don't care. Photo ops instead of actual doing. So that's all diversity hires are in government. Photo ops. What is everyone doing? If a gay black woman is the best person for the job, wonderful. Hire her. Put her in there. Don't care. Hire the best when it comes to government because that affects us all. Period. 
You saw what happened when Southwest Airlines shut down and we got Buttigieg doesn't even know. Now, maybe it's not Buttigieg's fault. Maybe this is unfair to Buttigieg. But all I know is he signed up for it. He wants to be a high-profile guy. He wants to be the president. He has no, absolutely no experience being a transportation secretary, but he made a deal. He bowed out of the race, (coughs) became transportation secretary, and is very visible. I'm just telling you, that's how I look at the world. I could be dead wrong. I'm sure I am. I'm sure I'm some kind of phobic or ist. But it's just, as I said, it's a battle in this world between common sense and sanity and insanity. That's it. I think Sarah Huckabee said it best when she said that. It's absolutely the case. And if you don't understand it, God bless you. I hope at some point you do. You know, we need more of this. Why? Again, hey man, you want to put King McClung in basketball games or you want to put, I don't care, De- Debbie Antonelli in basketball games? Great. But that doesn't affect any of us. But in government, with our tax money, with our defense, with our border, with our crime rate, with our cities, I don't give a damn who you're sleeping with. Put the best person in the position to do the best job, period. Period. It doesn't seem to be that difficult. Um, you know, we have idiots around this country, and I got to tell you, um, here's the deal. A teenage volleyball player lost both legs, lost both legs. Lost both legs after being struck by an unlicensed driver who was supposed to be under house arrest, but according to fake news or Fox News, uh, had numerous violations of his ankle monitor in the days leading up. So um, here's the deal. I, I don't know what to tell you, but if you violate once, once your ankle bracelet, I got to send you to the can. You're getting a break. Hey, look, it's too crowded in jail. You wouldn't handle it well in jail. Let's do this. Let's give you an ankle bracelet. All right, let's do that. Okay. And then when you violate it, hey, I'll tell you what, now you got to go to jail. It ain't hard. But how many times do we see and how many times will we see? How many times will we see somebody that has been a pain in the you-know-what should be locked up not be locked up and cause another problem because our prosecutors owned by George Soros are on this kick of pandering to communities of pandering to criminals of not allowing or not having the stones to say, look, criminal, you're a criminal. Here's the deal. It's as old as time. You're a criminal. You keep being a criminal. You're going to jail. Three lives may have been saved at Michigan State had the East Lansing prosecutor not done what prosecutors are are doing all over the country and going soft on potentially violent criminals. How many times do we have to see? How many times do we have to hear? How many times do we have to look and hear about, well, you know, that person had multiple firearms violations. That person, like this clown on the right, had multiple house arrest violations. So now you let an idiot like this guy on the right 
let him act like an idiot, let him continue to be an idiot, what happens? The idiot becomes above the law. The idiot becomes entitled. The idiot does and takes away the future of the young lady in the middle. It stinks. It stinks. Again, I go back to the police overnight captain of the Indianapolis Metropolitan Police Force telling me that our guy, Ryan Mears, our prosecutor, is literally killing people because he has decided it's more important to pander than it is to actually do his job as a prosecutor. So there you go. All right. All right. Let's talk about a couple of things that just happened. One, Ole Miss got rid of Kermit Davis. Ole Miss got rid of Kermit Davis. Kermit Davis, if you remember, was at uh, Middle Tennessee State. My one assistant, Artie Papella, went to work for Kermit Davis and realized very quickly that Kermit Davis is not exactly on the up and up. The NCAA came in there. But you know what happened with old Kermit Davis. Hail old Kermit. He charmed him. He won enough games. He won an NCAA tournament game. And old Kermit, the NCAA just went away. And because old Kermit had won some games, well, you know what happened. Old Kermit got him a job. Got him a job at Mississippi. He took the job when Thad Mata, whose wife loved, by the way, Oxford, turned the job down. Well, Kermit's 10 and 18, 2 and 13, three regular season games to go. And old Keith Carter decided, well, you know, Kermit, we're going to let you go. We're going to let you go. First season, Kermit makes the NCAA tournament. They haven't been back, 4-14 last year in the SEC. Win Case, old Win Case is going to take over. Uh, Old Win Case, you know, uh, hell, he going to take over the ship. Uh, And, you know, the truth of the matter is this. I hope he does well. I hope he does really well. Because by all accounts, uh, and I don't know how I know Win Case, but I always liked him. And I'm not sure why. There's a guy named Everett Case. Everett Case, longtime coach out east. That's not no relation. But I always liked Win Case because I thought it was a cool name. So good for him. But Kermit, we'll see. All right. I don't like anybody losing their job. I don't. I don't like anybody losing their job. Um, but I don't like cheating in college basketball. I don't. Actually, uh, I sent Dan Gavitt and a guy named Howie, who's in charge of Westwood One Sports, my history, my resume, because I did a great job for Westwood One Sports as a broadcaster. But old Howie is telling my agent that, well, you know, Dan's controversies caused a problem with the NCAA. So, hey, look, I'm an adult male. I want to know what's going on. So I sent both Gavitt and Howie of Westwood One, I sent him my resume. Said, you know, my history should actually be, should actually be a help as opposed to a hindrance. My life has been done with integrity. But that ain't the way college basketball goes. But I got to tell you, being here at OutKick, it's fun. Because I'm looking... And those of us at OutKick, yeah, you know what? We can say what actual is actual. 
We don't have to sugarcoat, and I love it. Yeah. I love it. All right. When we come back, I love talking to the gun show. We're going to get it rolling. I got to get involved here with the YouTube chat. The YouTube chat is popping. The YouTube chat is always popping. We are the number one YouTube show in America. Honest to God. Uh, here's my man, Dave Carroll. Dave Carroll, I love your thoughts. So 40% of this administration is uh, diversity hires. And we say this is the worst president ever. What's that say? Maybe we're wrong, Dave. Maybe this is the best president ever. I don't know. Maybe it is. Uh, Spice Rack says, you know, OutKick is on the up and up because the bots have increased exponentially recently. Yeah, you know they are. Look, here's what you got to understand about our show. Twitter has a way, they did, we were getting 80,000 people. I think I've explained this. Twitter changed their algorithm. They really make it hard for conservatives, even though, even though Elon Musk is there. All right, so Twitter's kind of like, yeah, we know. Um, Google. Google legitimately blocks, not blocks, shades conservative websites. Google searches uh, aren't nearly what they were when Google changed their deal. So we're fighting an uphill battle. Uh, We are fighting an uphill battle, and that uphill battle, frankly, is going to be won because we're going to give you what normal American sane people want to give you. I mean, it's that simple. You are tired of bull crapola. You're tired of it. So I give you what the people want, baby. I give you what the people want. The gun show gives you what the people want. We'll talk to Mike Gunzelman next from the gun show. Be right back. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, I'm going to preview Indiana, Purdue, like nobody else in the world can. We'll be right back. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I don't know how many of you know or how many of you care, but did you know the stock market is basically crashing around us over 600 points the other day? And then another right now, let's see, 450 as a hot inflation report rattles Wall Street. You know, I remember this. Remember when Biden once again blamed Trump? Remember this? Biden blamed Trump. Oh, it's Trump's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. Buddha judge yesterday said it's Trump's fault. Uh, they're starting to give me gas. They are. And I don't want to get gas. I don't. I don't want to be gassy. But they're starting to give me gas, and I am not happy about it. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of people predicted that the market was going to tank, and it certainly has. Who's your daddy put his money in T-bills and gold? There you go. 
All right. The Gun Show joins us. The Gun Show, Mike Gunzelman at the G-U-N-Z Show. I don't know that I've talked to you since you took the nation by storm. Millions upon millions of people uh, viewed your tweet about Tiger Woods apologizing a week ago. Live Tour starts today in Mexico. Tiger played last week. Walk me through the whole deal in terms of your thoughts. Yeah, no, I mean, so so you're exactly right. So I tweeted out a video of Tiger Woods apologizing and, you know, forget all those the polls that people do and the focus groups on like what the American people think and how they're going to vote. Go to Twitter because I have over 14 million views on my Tiger Woods apology tweet where he literally apologized for handing Justin Thomas a tampon. You know, the guys were razzing each other. You know, they got guys being guys out on the uh, out on the golf course and the overwhelming majority. I'm saying ninety nine point two percent of 14 million people said we are losing our damn minds. We don't need to apologize for everything. We don't need Tiger Woods to be canceled. Like, this is what's wrong with society, where we can't joke with each other. We can't be humans with each other. And I thought it was it's absolutely hilarious that he that he thought that he had to apologize. People, some people were actually upset with Tiger for apologizing. They were more upset with him for actually giving into the woke mob and apologizing than for actually the tampon incident itself. I mean, Dan, can we not be humans anymore? Can we not, you know, just razz each other? It's, it's, it's such a double standard where we can't even have fun anymore because we have to be so concerned and so worried that somebody might be offended. That's why comedy is dead in the country. I agree. And it's it's just like, and and I watch the people that get upset, and frankly, it's the same old people. You know Christine (laughs) Brennan's going to have something. You know Sarah Spain. I'm old enough to remember when Sarah Spain was trying to sell herself on the Internet, her rack and everything else, to go to the Super Bowl. I'm also old enough to remember when she put a video out about having sex with uh, Steve Bartman. Uh, I want to F Steve Bartman. Now she's a big... You know, it's always the same people. Never apologize to these clowns. There's nothing to apologize for. Move it along. Nothing to see here. Screw them. That's my answer to it all. Yeah, I mean, I mean, exactly. What's interesting, I think Dave Chappelle has really kind of come out uh, on the forefront of this about not kind of caving in or bowing down to this mob because once you give an inch, they want a mile. No matter what you say, there's always going to be somebody that's offended out there. So once you once you admit to any sort of wrongdoing, unless obviously it's something terrible that's like, okay, that is wrong. Like, you need to apologize for that. But if it's a couple people just upset because you aren't in total lockstep with them, you can never win them over. And we're seeing this not just you know, we're seeing this all across, whether it's local politics to national politics, whether it's sports, whether it's music, whatever it might be, people will turn on you, even your most loyal supporters. There's such a fringe aspect to a fan base out there that the minute you might have a differing opinion, they'll drop you in a second. So if you're going to change your whole personality and change everything that you, you know, kind of stand for or, or like kind of 
What made them be fans with you in the first place? If you're going to change any little thing about that because you want them to fully believe in you and fully grasp you, you're dead in the water. Because you're eventually going to do something that's going to tick some of these crazy lunatics off that they're going to drop you anyway. So that's why you got to stay true to yourself and just be you in the end. Because if you're worrying about what everybody else is think, everybody else thinks you're going to go nowhere because you're eventually going to believe something or say something that's going to tick off even your most loyal supporters. And some of them are just are so blind by hatred and blind by like, I can't believe this person doesn't uh, said that, that they're not going to follow you anyway. So for Tiger Woods to apologize, I think it was dumb. I think for uh, people to get upset and freak out and write their columns and deliberately look and search for something to be outraged about. That is a pathetic human being. You know? Here's the deal. Let me ask you a question. I listen to Kareem Jean, whatever the hell her name is, talk about 40% of this administration is diverse. I get it. Look, in broadcasting, certainly in college basketball, you know, there's so much inventory. You can hide your diversity. You can hire anybody you want. Uh, who cares? It's basketball. But when it comes to the government, I'm starting to believe that the word, most, or two words, most qualified is a trigger word in our government. I just want the most qualified in government. I don't care about coaches. Hire whoever you want. I don't care about broadcasters. Hire whatever you want. I don't care. You can hire transgender men, women, black, white, green, purple. I don't care. But yeah. in our government, with our tax dollars, defend, I just hire the most qualified. No? No, you're exactly right. Listen, the world is going to hell if we've seen anything. I mean, we are losing our minds. We have some serious international issues right now, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's Russia, with China on the run, with Iran, with the border. We have we have a lot going on right now. I truly and if people would just step away and be real, just be real, be honest. People want the most qualified person out there, but you can't say that these days. And guess what? When blank hits the fan, what do I want? Somebody that like might, you know, check all the boxes on a resume or a diverse administration or whatever it's going to be. Or do I want someone that actually knows what the hell they're talking about and how they're going to protect us or how they're going to solve the solution? Katie, uh, case in point, look at Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete has no idea what the hell he's doing with the Department of Transportation, whether it was the Southwest, you know, the, the, the debauchery that was going on with Southwest into obviously everything that's going on in Ohio with the train derailment. Why, like, why would Mayor Pete of all people be in charge of the Department of Transportation? It doesn't make sense. And I think we're starting and I hope that we're starting to see a pushback on this where just give us the best people, all right? We aren't inherently racist. We aren't inherently um, homophobic. We aren't inherently, like, Americans are good people. Don't keep stigmatizing or branding or labeling the American people as, oh, well, we need to do this because why? Americans are racist. No, we're not. Just give us the right people for the job, and I don't care what they look like, what they believe or anything like that. We'll agree with them. 
We'll agree with them. We will support them. But when you start kind of going throughout this thing, whether it's, uh, you know, that you have to fit a certain quota for the amount of people or college students that get accepted to your university and to, oh, we have to have this uh, this quota on who's going to be the amount of board members or the administration. That's when we just look like fools. Just give us the best damn people. I don't care what they look like. Come on now. Let's go. Partic- particularly when you're controlling our money particularly when you're controlling our flights, particularly when you're controlling our border, when you're controlling our homeland security. Hey, I get it. Great. You want to kiss your same sex. You want to have sex with the same sex. So what? I don't care. Do your thing, baby. But I'm not hiring you because you decide you, you're, you're a lesbian or you're gay or you're, I, I'm, or, or you're heterosexual. I don't care who you have sex with. Hire the best people. All right, let me ask you a question. I don't know if I've seen this out of you. Uh, Alabama in the news, Brandon Miller playing a murder, a young mother, five-year-old without a mother. Give me your thoughts. I mean, it is the fact that nobody's been suspended or at least uh, there's not more kind of pushback on what's happening is kind of a – Kind of weird, kind of questionable. And it's just because he is obviously and uh, it's such an amazing, amazing player and an amazing talent. People have been suspended and players have been suspended for a lot less than a lot less out there. And it is it because he is such a good player that perhaps they didn't fully look into this as much as they should have. Because now it seems it's it's a who knew what when and and the narratives seem to be changing to a certain extent. I'll tell you what, Outkick and some of our writers and Clay and and yourself have been the most vocal about this. And all you're doing is questioning. You're just asking legitimate questions about what is exactly going on here. Horrible story. Tragic story, of course. But there's doesn't it seem like there might be a little bit more to this story at least as far as uh, incentive, what he was thinking, text messages, like what's going on here. But the blind loyalty, I don't care who it is or what it's about, but when you have blind loyalty to whether it's a college program or whether it's an individual athlete or whatever it might be, that's when you find yourself in trouble as a society. And also uh, things can kind of go off the rails when you are – there's when you believe that nobody could ever do anything wrong or people are like, oh, well, you're going after him. It's like you're just asking questions. That's how you and that's how you evolve right. as a society. What's wrong with questions? What's wrong? Especially when it involves a murder, especially when somebody lost their lives over it. What's wrong with that? Asking questions regarding a situation like that when the answers aren't fully known. Uh, you're, you're preaching to the choir, brother. Um, you had an interesting topic on this. Here's what I remember. The first R-rated movie that my <laughs> parents told me I could not go to. And then it became an all-time favorite of me, my family, and everybody was Blazing Saddles. That's how old I am. I don't know how old I was. I was like 10 or 12. And all my buddies were going to go to the Crossroads Theater in Gary, Indiana, and watch Blazing Saddles, and they wouldn't let my parents, I got Catholic guilt. They said, you do not go, which meant I did not go. I don't know the first R-rated movie I ever went to and how old I was, but I remember the first one I didn't go to, and it was Blazing Freaking Saddles. What about you? 
Yeah, I started, I was kind of bored last night. I was scrolling through the television and I came across sci-fi and Speed was on. And I'll always remember Speed, of course, Sandra Bullock and uh, and Dennis Hopper. And of course, Keanu Reeves kind of getting his like, you know, kind of getting back into uh, the, the movies since people originally kind of learned about him. He gets his first like kind of action flick. Then a couple of years later, he joins the Matrix trilogy and begins all that. But it was Speed. 1994 came out. I was... I was a youngin, VHS at the time. That's videotapes for the younger people out there. Yes, there were things before DVDs. <laughs> there were things before streaming, my friends. It was uh, called VHS, and I remember feeling like a badass, Dan. I was yeah. like, I am a rule breaker. There are F words. There are explosions. Things are happening right now. And that was my uh, my first movie. Now, unfortunately, there was no... Uh, or maybe fortunately, well, no, let's be honest. I'm, yeah, there, there's no nudity in it. So that was not my first time I ever saw a nude woman because there was no nudity in Speed. But uh, yes, that was my first rated R movie. The thread has been blowing up. I have tens of thousands of responses right now. So if you want to join in and chime in, people are telling me, are responding with everything from Terminator 2, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Some people are saying like National Lampoons. Uh, a lot of different ones coming in, but definitely a fun topic for people to uh, to kind of embrace. Uh, you know, some people were saying like, oh, well, I snuck into the room when my parents were watching a movie or, you know, I would I, uh, switch through when we had like HBO when there was only the original HBO and I snuck downstairs and turned on a movie and all that. So it's a fun one. But yes. Speed and Keanu Reeves. That was my first one, 1994. First rated R movie, and it was all uphill from there, my friend. We had, in the middle of Merrillville, a drive through theater that after 10 o'clock, I don't know if you'd call them soft porn, but let's just put it this way. We all remembered, in my high school days, a movie called Deadly Weapons. And a woman had big ones, and she was a murderer, and she would stuff the guy in there and we literally would park on the street outside the theater and watch the screen up here because we couldn't wait till she, some unsuspecting guy, caught it and he would drop dead. What right, a way yeah. to go. What a way to go. Like hi, like hiding in the bushes and then all of a sudden it happens and all of a sudden you're like, you guys start erupting in cheers and everyone's like, where the hell did that noise come from? And it was Dan right, and his buddies right. trying to get a sneak. <laughs> That's awesome. That, That's yeah, that, you know, or we, or, or we'd go in the wrong way. You always went late at night. Cause I always had, I don't know. I don't know. Would you call that soft porn back in the day? I don't know. You know, uh, what was, uh, oh man, it was always at midnight. What was the midnight show that most places had? It's a legendary movie. It's the dumbest movie ever. Ah, crap. Somebody on the YouTube I don't know chat, help me out. I here. do know that we used to call it Skittermax. Oh. Remember Cinemax used to be joked oh, Skinemax oh, yeah. because of the yeah. soft porn. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, I, I, you know, I was such a little perv when I was a kid. If uh, a woman had a dress on that was like cut here, I would try to s go to the side of the TV to see if I could catch some side action. Right. <laughs> Just a little perv back in the day. What are you going to do? Hey, bad. <laughs> It's part of growing up, I guess, right? God help us. <laughs> All right. God help us. Did you see this last thing before I let you go? The Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's what it was. The Rocky oh. Horror Picture Show. I don't know if that's from there, but that was like every Saturday night, it was the midnight showing in Maryville, Indiana. 
of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, be careful what you wish for is one of the Dan Dockett's mantras, okay? Yeah. That along with no good deed goes unpunished. No good deed goes unpunished, and be careful what you wish for. So I saw this today. Russell Wilson was trying to get the GM and Pete Carroll of the Seahawks fired, right? Because they were, quote, holding him back. My thought turned to Russell Wilson in Denver without Pete Carroll. How'd that work out for Russell Wilson? Be careful what you wish for, people. The ultimate karma for Russell Wilson. I mean, the what has happened to him? He's gone from being... I mean, this is what happens when people think that they're either bigger or better than they actually are. People used to kind of respect Russell Wilson. Now he's one of the more hated public <laughs> athletes out there right now. He, Whether it's his lack of performance, he clearly hasn't been. There's something different with Russell Wilson. And the more that we're learning about him, whether it's his his stupid warm-ups and ignoring the rest of his players on the team plane. Remember when he was doing that, he was doing lunges on the team plane and everyone's like, dude, what oh, are you yeah. doing here? To now you learn, you're hearing this about like, there's always something that when people call for another person's firing, wait for karma to happen to that person. You know what I mean? Right. When, when you publicly go out there and you want somebody to lose their job and you're going to try to be sneaky and snarky about it, it'll always come back. And Russell Wilson himself is literally just, he's, he's annoying. Russell Wilson, regardless of how talented he once was, has now gotten to the point where we're just kind of over him. He's, it's like he's almost that shut up already aspect. Like, dude, just shut up, please. For the love of God, Russell Wilson, just shut up. And when we hear more about, you know, what he wanted to, to happen here, be careful what you whisper because it'll always come back full circle, Dan. Always. And Russell Wilson's finding that out right now. Last, last, last thing. Um, there's a couple interesting things. Uh, a basketball team refused to go to East Palestine. High school basketball team refused to go for the playoffs. What are your thoughts? I mean, I mean this is a horrible, horrific story. As somebody from here, you, this is what it comes down to, all right? Nobody trusts the government anymore, and rightfully so, all right? Whether it's the CDC for the last three-plus years moving the goalposts and constantly changing regulations and mandates and all this, the do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do-myself, they would tell us to do something, but then we'd find that the mayors and the governors weren't abiding by the own, their own rules that we were being told. Then they tell us, well, you know what? Speak with your medical profession professional speak with your doctor listen to what they say well what happens if a doctor says you know what you shouldn't get the vaccine or you shouldn't do this sort of treatment because you know you might suffer from ms or because you already have an underlying health condition suddenly guess what they change their tone and like they're like well you're the devil like you can't do that and like well you told me to speak with my cdc you told me to speak with my my with, with my doctor and they're telling me this and now guess what you're not allowing me to even live my life or going anywhere so the fact of the matter is we've lost faith in the cdc and the epa's track record is abysmal right now i mean it, it is this is the same epa as someone who lived in new jersey and new york city and knew people after and during 9-11 and more and new first responders that have died horrific deaths Horrific cancer deaths in the years that followed because the EPA, Christine Todd Whitman, former New Jersey Governor Moore, the EPA lied 
lied to everybody and said, oh, the air and the air quality is completely fine. Guess what? Tens of thousands of people died as a direct result of what the EPA said. So whether it's asbestos is safe for you or you know what? Lead is great. Let's have pencils with lead or or or, or like let's put this into the water supply, into 9-11, into what we're seeing in East Palestine. The bottom line is nobody trusts the damn government anymore. And that and rightfully so. So when you put all this together, I I would question everything I'm being told out there. Every single thing. You, there's no reason that you should have pets and, and animals dying in your backyard. All right. Chicken literally died. There's there's time captured uh, videos of chickens and other animals in people's backyards that they would raise and dying after the air quality started getting horrible or fish dead in the water, dead in streams and whatnot. And I do not blame this high school team for being like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to play there. A high school girls basketball team ended up forfeiting their whole entire playoff run because there's no trust in the government. There's no trust in the government agencies. And once again, rightfully so. Do you really believe with billions upon billions of dollars, whether it's Norfolk Southern, the train derailment into the government, that there might not be some sort of, oh, I don't know, hover up to an extent or maybe they're not just telling us the entire truth makes sense i mean it makes sense why we're allowed to be hesitant and why those residents should be hesitant because guess what their whole entire town and reputation is ruined from here on out they're three mile island they're three mile island east palestine in that area in ohio will always 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 be recognized for this and what the most terrible part about it is those people had nothing to do with any of it and they're not getting any sort of help that they need and i'll end on this because i know i just gave kind of a long answer but isn't it interesting how often does this happen dan and i'll end on this norfolk southern immediately after the uh the derail train derailment happened they had people go and this is documented and it's true and offer $1,000 checks to the people in the surrounding areas. How often does a billion-dollar company do that after an atrocity? And don't lie to me and say, you know what? They did it out of their own good graces. You Jeez. know that's not true. You, they're, offering they're offering payouts immediately after something horrible went wrong. Don't call me a fool because I'm not, and neither are you the audience. There's something sketch going on. Quick, who do you trust least? Legacy print media or this president's administration? Ah, <laughs> uh, hand in hand, but <laughs> well, sometimes know, right? the, they are the legacy the legacy print media is a lot of the time the uh, you know the uh, the mouthpiece for the administration. So right. it's. It's hand in hand. You look at those editorial pages from the New York Times and more. It's it's you don't think they're emailing or text messaging each other to all get on the same narrative and the same page. Uh, you know who I trust? I trust Dan Dacken. I trust Outkick. And I trust myself. The Gun Show. That's it. Bottom line. Bottom That's line. It. I'm telling you, that is the bottom line. I mean, I, I look. I have no agenda. 
You know, I, I don't. I look, if Biden were honest, if gas prices were down, if our border was secure, if I didn't hear the word inflation, I've talked about this since I was 16 years old. Uh, and I had to watch Jimmy Carter and my family couldn't afford stuff, couldn't afford McDonald's on payday. That pissed me off. Anyway, yeah. I know you got to run. I know you got stuff. Great stuff. Thank you, my friend. Awesome. I appreciate it. Double D on a Friday. My bad. Thanks, Dad. It's Fish Friday. I got to go to a fish fry because Catholic guilt will consume me all weekend if I have a piece of meat. So I'm going to lunch with a friend and then I'm headed over here to St. Simon's, baby, to get the good fish. I highly recommend everybody else uh, do the same. All right, when we come back, I got a couple things to get to. One of the greatest calls in the history of broadcasting. Of course, our friend Haley is going to join us with some TikTok videos. But when we come back, Dylan and Ryan and everybody, get ready. I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen in the Indiana-Purdue game that I will be at coming up this Saturday. All right? It's a big game. Purdue is battling for a Big Ten championship. Indiana is battling to stay afloat for a four or five uh, seed in the NCAA tournament. And, ladies and gentlemen, they're battling to get a first-round buy or maybe two buys. I'm not even sure how the Big Ten tournament works, and I don't care. It's a great battle of big guys. Zach Eady is sensational. Trace Jackson Davis is sensational. Both of the big guys play hard. They're both leaders on their team. And, frankly, they are both in the National Player of the Year consideration. Let's take Indiana's defense on Eady first. One of the things, if you're going to watch the game, and it's on 7.30 on Fox, Jimmy Jackson uh, and Gus have the call, so it'll be entertaining. I will be there. I will be at Harry's Chocolate Shop pregame eating bacon and drinking beers with my buddy Bill Parks, a Purdue grad, before we head into the game. And thanks, by the way, to Chris Foreman, the S-Sports Information Director of Purdue, for getting me uh, tickets. Here's the deal. When you play against Zach Eady, you absolutely cannot play him one-on-one. One of the things in Indiana, if they do play one-on-one, they're going to try to use Race Thompson to guard and then bring over Trace Jackson Davis. Now, that helps Jackson Davis get out of foul trouble. That helps Jackson Davis on the backboard, maybe block a shot, maybe put into Edie's mind a shot blocker is behind when he goes to his patent left shoulder jump hook with his right hand. But here's what Indiana needs to do. Two things. Number one, Purdue does not handle pressure well. If you let Purdue whip the ball around, if you let Purdue do what they want to do, they will kill you. What you have to do is you got to pick up three-quarter court. Maybe it's fake pressure. Maybe it's real pressure. Maybe it's man-to-man, and we're just going to pick you up, and we're going to make life miserable for you. A key in that could be this kid, Tamar Bates. Tamar Bates has not played well. He has not scored. In fact, Anthony Leal, a seldom-used former Mr. Basketball, replaced Bates in the rotation in the second half the other night against Michigan State. But Bates, in this game, just simply as a defensive pressure man, could be big. Braden Smith is a very good point guard. If I were voting... First three teams in the Big Ten, uh, I would vote Braden Smith second, maybe third team, probably closer to third team. He's terrific. Lawyer, terrific score, not great ball handlers. Jenkins, not a great ball handler. Purdue struggles with two things. One, when you pick up defensively and you really get into them. They struggle with that. Second thing they struggle is a tough, and I mean a tough, double team on Edie. Now, Here's the deal. I'm not talking about a double team from me to you. I'm talking about right on them. If I'm Indiana staff, I'm going back and I'm watching Northwestern 
play Purdue at Northwestern. Best double team that I have seen in college basketball, maybe, frankly, in my entire time in college basketball. They shook. He still played well, but he turned the ball over. It made everybody uncomfortable. Now, Purdue's going to make an adjustment to that, and here's the adjustment. God, you're getting good stuff right now. The four men, whether it is uh, Gillis, whomever you want to put in there, usually dives to the ball side, the ED side front of the rim. Basically take the lane. Divide the lane in half. Edie has the ball on this side. So the guy, the foreman, dives on this side, Edie's side, to shorten the passing angle. But what happens with Indiana a lot of times and with, Mil- and with Gillis a lot of times, you don't double from the foreman because Gillis will stay at the top of the key and rip you with threes. You double from a guard. In Indiana's case, I don't know. You can't really double from Miller Cop. Maybe you double, I don't know. Not really sure. Uh, from Race Thompson, you double from his, uh, you, you use his man, whatever. But the truth that I'm getting a little bit uh, too basketball here, but the truth of the matter is you've got to double. You can't double from uh, Shafino unless he's opposite the ball. But here's the deal with that. Watch this. When a team doubles, all right, when a team doubles, they use and they double from Gillis or they double from Jenkins or Indiana, I'm getting it all mixed up, or they double. Uh, from whomever, for Purdue, lawyer. The guy two passes away usually gets the shot. So if, if, geez, if Edie is doubled on the left block, the guy who's going to shoot it is from the right wing. Because you skip, boom, it's the longest recovery. So watch off the ball when Indiana doubles Edie. Watch who is opposite the ball. That guy will normally get a shot. He or the top of the key. Now, from Purdue's standpoint, I got to tell you, if I'm Purdue, there's no way in hell I am letting two guys beat me. There's no way Jackson Davis ever plays against anything other than a double, and there's no way that Shafino doesn't face anything but switch and trap off the ball screen. There's no way. I'm making all these other guys beat me. I'm making cop. I'm You name it. I'm making Bates, I'm making Thompson, I'm making somebody other than the best players beat me because, frankly, I don't think they can. But if you let Shafino go, if you let uh, Jackson Davis play one-on-one, they'll kill you. They'll absolutely kill you. The energy in the building is going to be insane. It is absolutely going to be insane, crazy insane. And it's going to be fun as hell. And my fat, you know what, is going to be sitting in there right among it. Last thing, victory favors the team making the fewest mistakes. Remember I told you, Illinois came into Indiana. Illinois, kid dunked it all over Jackson Davis and was dumb enough to get a technical. Changed the momentum of the game. When you're playing in a hostile environment, you cannot do something when the game is going your way to change the momentum of the damn game. You cannot. You cannot. So watch for a couple things. How hard is the trap on Edie? Here's how you tell. When you get the ball in the post and you're facing a double team, the guy who's double teaming comes from one side or the other. Let's say the double team comes to this shoulder. 
The guy guarding the post guy then has to take away this shoulder. The guy doubling has to get right here. Now, you see how I put my hand up? I don't put it this way because they call that now. You're in a ball handler space. So you get right up against him. I swear to God, I swear to God, if I'm Indiana, I'm watching Northwestern tape. If I'm Purdue, I'm watching Northwestern tape to see how we can play out of it. So here's how you beat a double if you're eating. First thing, Chris Chris Weber, quick spin to the baseline. Because a lot of times the defender on the ball, in this case probably Jackson Davis, relaxes knowing he has a double. He doesn't take away the baseline. Second thing, Jack Sigma move, inside pivot. Ball over your head when you pivot. So you can shoot it, but you have vision. You don't have to bring the ball up through a double team. You inside pivot, ball at your head. You look, you look right down to the basket, see if there's a cutter. You look opposite. Or, and this is what makes it hard for Edie, you dribble the basketball out. You dribble it away from the double team. Edie's not great at that. And dribbling it away and then passing, he's inaccurate. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're going to do. And it's going to be very, very interesting. And it's going to be loud. And Harry's Chocolate Shop is going to be crazy. Or maybe, I don't know, I'll go to Nick's or wherever. I don't know. But I'm going to be there having a beer or two with my buddy, the great Bill Parks, CEO of a steel company in the greater Chicago area. All right, some of you were mean to me. Some of you guys were mean to me. Why you be mean to me? Why you mean to me? Let's see. I got some mean tweets coming. Let me see. Uh, that's why you're thankfully not in charge of anyone. Your feelings regarding incorrect information do not outweigh facts. Fine. I believe it is a fact, you fool, that uh, three players, one did the shooting, one did the bringing of the gun, and one was there. At the very least, one brought a gun, one, uh, two were there. Three guys were involved in a capital murder. So, yes, I would fire a coach immediately. Wait a second. Nate, let me see. Sit down here. Let's see if I understand. You're supposed to, you know, be a judge of character. And we got three guys here that are involved in murder. I got a campus community that got shot up. See ya. That's what I would do. Doesn't mean I'm right. What's next? People are mean yesterday. Uh, Shilling for just add water on something he knows about. Getting fired. Uh, Chuck Spears is a guy that is dying for my attention. I'll be honest with you. I do like just add water boats. I do like Keith Hockett. Absolutely. But I also got to tell you, I love the shirt. Like, if you notice on this show, I only wear certain shirts. I'm a bit of a fabricophobe. So absolutely, everybody should go buy their boat from Just Add Water. Go see my buddy, Keith Hoggett. But Chuck Spears is a pathetic little human being. He always has been. He's dying for my attention. And frankly, I've never been fired. But Chuck and the rest of the liberal uh, Hitler youth don't really care about that kind of thing. They like to get their little shots in. Chuck, I got two words for you. Bite me, big boy. What's next? There you go. You don't even know who the trigger man was. You're just spewing the outkick narrative. Do your homework. 
before making a fool of yourself, be better. I love the be better. I do. It's my favorite stuff. The be better is awesome. It's like they are the guy. They are the example. What's this guy's name? Rod Lunciford. He's the, we're supposed to be the Rod's level. It's like when a media guy says, well, you know, that coach just gets it. That's assuming that media guy is the judge of what is getting it. Hey, Rod, I got two words for you. One thing I can do is read a police report. And it's pretty clear in the police report that there were three guys. One shot the gun, one brought the gun, and one was there. I don't know. I'm a stickler for facts. It makes me a bad guy. But hey, look, you Alabama clowns or you guys like Chuck Spears, I got two words for you. Bite me. Who's next? And no one likes you, Baldy. Well, uh, okay. What is this? Kindergarten? Nobody likes you. You're not going to invite, get invited to the party. What is this, eighth grade? Hey, we're having a sleepover, but you can't come. Who likes me? Daniel Leo Bailey Jr., uh, I've read his tweets. He complains about everything. He's a sycophant Notre Dame fan. And yes, I am bald. Can you imagine if I said something relative to his appearance? Can you imagine if I insulted him and then used his appearance? Oh, man. But hey, look, 60-year-old white dude, I'm fair game, baby. That's right. I'm fair game. Say whatever you want to 60-year-old white dude, young African-American. Be as racist as you'd like, young David Leo Bailey Jr. Do your thing, baby. But I got to tell you, the kid here, this guy, Aaron Wiley, Wyko Wyckoff, he said it was a mistake what happened in the capital murder of a young mother by three thugs of Alabama basketball and one other thug. All right. Well, if it is a mistake, then damn, seems like an awfully big mistake. But hey, Dave Shell on the YouTube chat says he likes me. He does. He says he likes me. Patrick G is back whining about whatever guys of that ilk whine. Uh, Dan, what beer should I have available for the guys watching the IU game? Hey, I got a hint for you. I got a great beer. It's called Mango Cart. It's made by Budweiser. I'm telling you right now, very low alcohol. It's like 4% alcohol. So not, you know, it's not 3-2 beer, but I got to tell you right now, I got to tell you right now, that's the beer to go with, John, because they won't tear up your house. You know, I don't know if you're a Purdue guy. I don't know if you're an Indiana guy. But whoever wins, whoever loses, you know, I'm sure guys are going to act like idiots and tear up the house. It's only 4% beer, and it tastes great, and it's very refreshing. We got anything else? We got any more mean tweets? People were mean to me last night. You be mean to me. Uh-oh. Coming from a guy who can't get hired in the top spot since 2008 or so, radio talking head with a big mouth. This is what's wrong with the sports world. A guy who doesn't have all the facts. Wait, wait a second, you clown. What are you talking about? What is wrong with you? Not all the facts. I mean, I don't know. Why would anybody, let me just ask you this. Why would anybody defend anybody involved in the murder 
of a young mother of a five-year-old. Why would anybody even think about discussing that? Why would anybody even think about defending that on any level? Well, uh, he didn't know he was bringing the gun. All right. Well, he brought a gun. Uh, well, you know, it, it, the other person shot first. Yeah, okay, great. Okay. Who would even think, think to defend any person involved in the murder of a young mother? And that is another reason why I would tell Nate Oates. We have a saying, here's your hat, what's your hurry? Adios. Uh, we have another saying that Haley is the queen of TikToks. Wait till you see these videos. These are incredible. Haley joins us next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We all know the queen of TikTok is our lovely, uber-talented, so smart. Haley, I always say your name wrong, so I'm going to say Coronia. There you go. I'm Whatever going with like. it. Whatever you like. It's Haley Caronia, but people struggle. My friends in college call me Corona because it's easier. <laughs> of course. I got to ask you a question. I asked my wife this question this morning. You ready for it? Yes. There is a report that Joe Namath, in the middle of a football game, football games, would call his wife on the sideline phone just to tell her that she, he loved her. I told sweet. my wife that. I go, you know, if I was coaching in the middle of a basketball, you say sweet? All right. It's sweet, but, I mean, you can always call her after. I think get your head in the game. I think you got a job to do. you got to do your job first. I, I'm not a big communicator during the day. I'd rather just call my significant other later in the day, catch them up on what I've been doing. I'm too busy during the day to stay in contact all the time. I can't do that. Can't keep up. Yeah, my wife wasn't mad about it. She she didn't have a definite, like, that's horrible or that's great. Kind of like what you said. She didn't say sweet. She said, oh, that's nice. That's nice. I'm like, yeah. all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interesting. I, I thought it would. You two are sensible women. You're not. I'm not going to say you're not girly girls, you're not tomboy, you're just sensible, tough, strong women. So I thought maybe you'd have a reaction one way or the other, but all right, we'll move on. I agree with your wife. So this first trend that's going around on TikTok, it's this 
women are having fun fun with it. It's um, they're having a conversation with a woman from the 1800s. So women are saying, you know, uh, the woman from 1800s is saying, hey, what are you guys doing? And then the modern woman will respond and say, I'm working. And the woman from the 1800s is all excited. It's like, oh, wow, we can do that now. But then the modern woman is like, I don't want to be working. So people are having fun with this trend. <laughs> I want to show you one of them. And then I So she's complaining, you know, the woman from the 1800s is wondering what she's doing. And she's like, well, I'm cleaning before my husband gets home. And the woman's like, we still do that? And the modern woman's like, yeah, we still do that. And I have to work too. So people are having fun with this. And I did my own conservative version of this trend. Kind of went viral. People in the comments are pissed about it. Let's watch. And then I found me Isn't it funny? I mean, the women in the 1800s, they were dying to get the right to vote. Now we have the right to vote. I choose to vote Republican. And now women with blue hair, green hair, um, all these other different colors, they're yelling at me because I vote, re vote Republican. That's how I choose to, you know, that's where I lean um, for the most part. And, you know, the women in the 1800s are probably rolling in their graves right now, wondering why us women are fighting about it. Um, the political divide is obviously getting out of control. But I wanted to read you some of the comments in that video. Obviously, yeah. peppered in through all the people calling me racist and homophobic, of course. Um, you're voting against your own rights. Wake up. Voting against your own self-interest is weird. You're voting against your own freedom. And this was a good one. It doesn't make sense why you would support a party that has been openly against your existence. Who knew that Republicans wanted to just do away with women altogether? It's news to me. Um, I, this never makes sense to me, these comments. You know, your party doesn't like you. You're voting against your own interests. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I do not feel oppressed by any means. I don't know what rights are being taken away. I will continue to use my vote to vote for low taxes, border security, peace through strength foreign policy, and as little government involvement in my life as possible because I don't want our healthcare system and our education system to be run like the DMV. I, when, I read, when I heard those comments and them being directed at you, were they directed at me, I would have a, a thought of a totally different meaning. I feel like those comments were based on abortion. Yes. I do. I feel like that's that's what it was based on. Well, that's the only so-called right that's being taken away. Yeah. But when the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade, it sent the issue of abortion back down to the states. So women actually have more control over the issue than they ever had before because you have more control over your state and local elections than you ever had over the Supreme Court. So these women should be excited that you can get involved in local politics and actually initiate change um, on the issues that matter to you more so than just waiting around for the Supreme Court to do something about it. I mean, this issue is closer to home now. It amazes me how that you, that, that you just said has gotten lost. Yeah. The narrative is 
women can't have abortions, their rights are taken away. That's the narrative. It's never the actual fact of what exactly what you just said. Correct. It's, it's amazing. It's me. misinformation at its finest. But um, anyway, we can get to the fun part now and we'll do our TikTok viral battle. So Dylan's going to just shuffle the cards. We don't know whose video is coming up first, but take a look. Liar. But a Liar. lot of Americans don't understand 24 hour clocks. There were times. I want y'all to stop talking because everybody has an Independence Day from y'all. And what the f do you think military time is? Plus, you can use whatever system you want to use when you won the war. So, a trend on TikTok is a lot of British people will, you know, take aim at Americans. And as divided as we are in this country, nothing unites us more than you know, pooping all over the British and England. So right. we will remind them at any chance that we get that we won both those wars and, you know, we are the top dogs in this, in the global, um, in, you know, across the globe. So she's making fun of the fact that Americans don't understand the 24 hour clock. And of course we understand it. We just don't want to use it. And, um, you know, you can use whatever clocks you want to use when you win the war. Haley, I agree with that last point. So true. We won the war. Leave us alone. Haley, you and I have had beers. You and I, my wife, we've had beers. You understand that I'm a simple, albeit maybe a dim man. I don't want to complicate my life. I don't want math. I see one. I understand it. I don't see 13. I see two. I understand it. I don't need 14. I see three. I don't need 15, Haley. I don't need to do some weird math in my head to figure out what time it is. I see one. I see 10. Ah, oh, it's 110. Am I, I wrong? Agree. No, you're correct. Math is hard. I'll avoid it at all costs. I need a calculator to do simple tips at, you know, restaurants and things. And I'll, you know, that's just my cross to bear. I stink at math, but I'm good at other things. So. <laughs> that's right. We all have a cross. We all have a cross. Exactly. Hey, look. You and I, you and I, as among the most beautiful people in the world, I mean, they, God can't give us everything. God doesn't I mean, he can't give, give with us both everything. hands. Exactly. God doesn't give with both hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I like how I put myself in categories that I do not belong in. But anyway, that's okay. Let's All right. See what's next? One. You got who with you? My boss, I am Y'all headed out? Uh -huh. Where y'all going? We're going to oh. <laughs> he gonna be happy. His dog. <laughs> I mean, what's better? I feel like you, you like dogs, you like bikes. This is the perfect video for, for Dan. <laughs> um, I love bikes. I'm okay with dogs, but I gotta tell you. I love me Popeyes. I love it. We did we, <laughs> we did a taste test. We we did a blind taste test. We okay. took Popeyes, uh, churches, and what would be the other one like Popeyes? What am I forgetting? Uh, oh, Chick-fil-A. Like Chick-fil-A, like a chicken Chick sandwich. Chick-fil-A. Yeah, we had the spicy chicken sandwich laid out, and I gotta tell you, Popeyes, three to zip vote. I'm all in on Popeyes, but I do worry about this. You know more about dogs than I. I feel like you put enough spice in a dog's belly, bad things are going to come out the other end. Definitely. Just my thought. Not something that I would want to deal with after the fact, but it is a cute video. It is a great video. I like that video a lot. All right. Last one. What's next? 
I have finally set up one of the better bits I have done. Uh, so now whenever someone enters my apartment, a random Seinfeld riff will play. I'm kind of thinking I should add in, like maybe you get a one in 50 chance of a laugh track playing. So I don't, if anyone else has any other ideas I should add to this, please let me know. Are you a Seinfeld fan, Dan? Every day, every day I watch <laughs> at least one episode uh, I love that, but I got to ask you a question. Is, is, that looks to me like something that could legitimately catch on. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, like um, on a Tesla, you can change whatever your horn is. You can upload a song or a sound or something. I mean, this could, this could catch on. And you have, you know, a Seinfeld riff play when you open a door or whatever riff from whatever... Uh, you know, show whatever your favorite show is. So I think it could catch on. I think this is pretty cute. I, I totally agree. You know, your ringtone, you put whatever. I, I, I don't mind this at all. At first, when I looked at it, I thought, but, I, you know, it may get annoying, but what in life doesn't get annoying? Exactly. I mean, this is like, this is like if you could pick a walk-up song, like what would your walk-up song be? Uh, my walk-up song would be something discussed, maybe Paradise by the Dashboard Lights by, uh, Meatloaf, possibly some Eminem, you know, okay. what is it, Lose Yourself? Yeah, I, Lose Yourself, I kind of like those. It's a good one. I would probably yeah, what, do all, what of, would your... all of the lights, Kanye West, Rihanna, I don't know who else is in that song, a bunch of people, but that's a good one. It's a pump-up song. My wife, when she was coaching, she was the coach crush of a lot of athletes at Syracuse. I could see that. So she said, all right, yeah. She said, all right, I'll play into it. So whenever she walked out to the mound her, to talk to a pitcher, she prayed Brickhouse by the Commodores. Love She's it. a brick. Yeah, she let them know. She <laughs> let them know. <laughs> Love it. Uh, my favorite video was the middle one. We're going to Popeyes, baby. Popeyes. Whose is that? That was Dylan's. Dylan crushed it. You know. You got who with you? My boy, I'm saying, Y'all hear it out? The dog is holding on for you. Where y'all going? We're going to Oh. <laughs> He's going to be happy. <laughs> I love it. My. In my warped mind, he's going to be happy until he takes a big old nasty <laughs> one in that car seat. And then, yeah, until she's um, cleaning it up. The mom, the poor mom at home is cleaning it up later. Dylan is bragging about a three-peat, but before I let you go, Haley, um, I'm not going to lie to you. That was an awfully sensitive video that, you know, kind of a, uh, in his words, a hillbilly from Tennessee uh, put up there. Is Dylan... Does Dylan have like a, a, a sensitive kind of a nurturing side about him? Is he, you I know, definitely think he pretty does. good. Dylan is in tune with his sensitive side for sure. <laughs> he's giving me a I thumbs like up it. from the control room over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a. That's good dude, a, Dylan. Good dude, Dylan. Yeah. Good for Dylan. Uh, thank you. Don't forget, how can people follow you? Give, give them your handle on TikTok. At Haley Karenia on everything. Um, and I got to tell you, because I'm done at 11 o'clock every day, all I do is scroll through TikTok, mostly yours, Family Guy videos, Bill Burr videos, 
and South Park now that I heard that they're all over Meghan Markle and Prince Harry because I can't stand those two. I watched so, the South you know, Park episode last night. It was great. So you should watch that later. Yeah, I'm going to. I heard it was fantastic. Have a great Thanks, weekend, Haley. Dan. You too. Uh, before we go, I do want to play the Wokadope, Dylan, the video. This is what Pete Buttigieg's press secretary, and this is what the soft world that we live in, they feel like being on camera is aggressive. Can we play that before we leave for the week? Because I really, really think it's awful. Mayor Pete, why did it take you an entire two and a half weeks to actually get here to respond to East Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city for for the, the, the slow response? The government's slow response. Do you have any apology? I'm press person. I can help you. Sure, sure, sure. So can we ask why it took him almost three weeks to get here? I'm sorry, I don't want to do this on camera. What was his personal time off while there was a tragedy happening here? And can we also ask, too, why it, uh, you know, he waited until President Donald Trump came here to actually make an appearance? This is a very important question that people across America would like to know. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Uh, well, please put your cameras yeah. away. I'm sorry, we're on a public area, uh, so we are allowed as press. I, you guys, I would like you guys to. She called it aggressive. You're not on my camera. Uh, well, I'm on a con- camera. I would like your cameras to be off, and then I'm happy to talk to you guys. Well, if you're the press secretary of the secretary of the Department of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that Absolutely. you serve? Absolutely. I would like to do it without the camera on. Please. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit aggressive. That's why. And why I just is it aggressive? I'm on I'm behalf happy. of the American people. I'm just asking why he has not been here until Donald Trump She's came. She's asked him. She's asked three several times for them to turn the cameras off, and they will not do it. Okay, well, they, she's asked, been able to walk away. Would you like to go inside? I do not. I will walk this way. So can I ask what the secretary is going to do with the picture of Jenny Kerr? He took her the other day when he, she was asking a question in Washington, D.C. I'm happy to answer your question. I would like you guys to not have your cameras on. I, I had don't. my camera up a minute ago. If I turn it off, we'll you all have your cameras on. I can see them. You guys, I'm happy to have this conversation. Like, all right, y'all. So we are with the press okay, secretary for Pete Buttigieg. And right now we are being told that we are not supposed to be question? filming. Again, we are well, here right on behalf of the American public because we would like to have the conversation. And we would like to ask the question as to why. Um, again, it took almost three weeks for Buttigieg, Pete Buttigieg to be here on the ground. Uh, he waited until Donald Trump came here to actually be here and speak to residents. Uh, the people here have been quite tight-knit about when we can ask questions. And again, we're here on behalf of the American public, and we wish we could be able to ask these questions. But for some reason, uh, you know, we're, we're not allowed. There you go. There's the end of our show. Uh, by definition, I think that a press secretary should be on camera. Best TikTok, they like Haley's American Clock, Seinfeld Riff, and Dylan's going to Popeye's. Dylan and Haley and Ryan, I can never thank you enough. Uh, Chuck, thank you. Of course, Aaron and, and Caitlin. We'll be back at it on Monday. We got a monster week. I got Purdue beating Indiana by eight. Have a great, great, great afternoon, everybody.